0: Welcome to episode 51 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're doing a recap of Season 2 and talking about some minor changes in the show format that we're going to see coming forward. We will start with the recap, with just a brief overview of the 25 episodes of Season 2 and what, if anything, they meant for the long-term mythology and production of the series. Season 2 kicked off with a Little Green Men which established the reach of the conspiracy. Mulder and Scully were no longer partners. They'd been separated. We saw some of Mulder's paranoia as Scully was forced to ask for a secret meeting just to have any contact with them. We also see that they've got their hands in SETI, which operates independently of both NASA and the U.S. government. So whatever's driving this conspiracy, it has agents within the government, but it's not the U.S. government itself. Now, the second episode is the host and this one introduced more hybrid biologies and some creatures that existed and were created outside US soil. It also brought Darren Morgan into the creative team. All this time, he appears as an actor rather than as the writer that he would appear as later. Episode 3 brought us blood, with government agents experimenting with mind control on the general population. Episode 4, Sleepless, involved more military and government testing and programs to improve soldiers. So this is expanding on the super soldier program that we'd seen with Eve in season one. This time it dates back to the Vietnam War and established some clear psychic phenomenon within the regular population. It also introduces Agent Alex Krychek. Now episode five brings us Dwayne Barry. Along with confirming that aliens are experimenting on humans and drill holes in his damn teeth, it does introduce this element of the character who's been essentially driven insane and is unstable as a result of his experiences. It's the first of a two-parter leading into Ascension, in which Scully is abducted so that Dwayne Barry can go free. He basically traded her, and Mulder learns about Krycek's sort of double agent nature and the lengths he will go to. So this is the point where Krycek disappeared and was intended to stay disappeared. Episode seven three showed the impact that Scully's disappearance was having on Mulder and established that vampires exist within the X-Files universe. Episode 8, One Breath, brought about Scully's return and had a major impact on her future as a character. It made this quest a lot more personal to Scully because there were questions that she needed answered, including why all of her ova were missing. Episode 9, Firewalker, establishes some new forms of hazardous indigenous life to Earth. It's a nice bookend to ice from an artistic standpoint back in Season 1, but it doesn't go a lot in terms of the myth arc. Now, Red Museum, episode 10, does start going to some of the myth arc episodes towards the end, although it's kind of unexpected, and it was significant on the production side, and then it was very nearly a crossover with picket fences, but that kind of fell through. Episode 11, Excelsis Day, involved more telekinetics and a little bit of de-aging, as the elderly were feeling youthful and exuberant and developing their psychic powers. Aubrey confirmed remote viewing including psychic phenomenon looking at the past. Episode 13, Irresistible had a very human monster in Donald Addy Faster and also served as a nice reminder of Mulder's profiler background, which is what made him stand out in the FBI in the first place. Episode 14, Diahan Diaverletz is the first episode directed by Kim Manners, who will go on to direct about a quarter of the series in the end. Doesn't do a lot to establish the real myth arc, although it does confirm that demons and witchcraft exist in the X-Files universe. Episode 15, Fresh Bones, also gets a little bit into witchcraft and demonstrates one of the instances where the prison population are not treated with the respect they should be in spite of their crimes. We get another two-parter with Colony. This is when the shapeshifting alien Bounty Hunter is introduced and goes into more depth in terms of Samantha Mulder's disappearance. Episode 17, Endgame, continues that story with Samantha, the bounty hunter, and the clones, and starts bringing in ties to Mulder's father in terms of the ongoing conspiracy and his connection to things. Episode 18, Fearful Symmetry, didn't do a lot for X-Files in the long term in terms of either myth arc or production, possibly best forgotten. Episode 19, Dodd it's another case of age manipulation. Episode 20, Humbug, was their first shot at comedy, also directed by Kim Manners. Episode 21, The Kalasari, brings back Chuck Burke as the recurring character, as the video processing guy that Mulder goes to on a regular basis. Episode 22, F. Masculata, involves a viral contagion and Big Farm using prison populations again as an experimenting ground. And we see that other agencies are being manipulated. It's not just targeted at Mulder and Scully, they are throwing everything at them to twist things around. We get more government involvement in soft light, this time not with alien conspiracies, but looking at a potentially new weapon, and also show that X's involvement in this conspiracy appears less benevolent than Deep Throat's appearances and involvements appeared to be. And episode 24 comes back to another de-aging or life-prolonging exercise. It's the third of the season. Seems to be a major theme here with our town, the town of cannibals. And then finally, episode 25, Anasazi. It introduces an international government involvement. So it's not just agents within the US government, it's agents within multiple governments. We start to learn more about Mulder's father and his involvement, which he's now guilty about, although that ends with his murder before we can find out more. It brings back Krychek as Mulder's father's killer. We learn about the Navajo code talkers and their involvement in terms of encoding this information, which means it has been known by someone other than the conspirators themselves for decades. We learn that they were using this for experimentation on general populations of what appear to be aliens involving smallpox vaccines. We get the alien corpses buried in a boxcar in the New Mexico desert, so they seem to be covering up this failed experiment. And we see a little bit more about Skinner's role, and we're trying to figure out which side he's on. Sometimes he seems to support Mulder and Scully and reactivates the X-Files. Sometimes he doesn't. So that, in a nutshell, is where we're at at the end of Season 2. Things will start to ramp up again as we get into season three. So we are halfway through the Friday night schedule. The X-Files did air on Friday nights for its first four seasons, and we are about 40% of the way through the LA shooting schedule. And this is the year, as we mentioned last week, where it's really starting to have an impact not just on those making TV series and recognition within the industry, but we're starting to get recognition outside the industry with references and parodies coming up elsewhere. Now, as I said last week, if the parody episode of Weird Science was legally available, where I am at this time, it would be covered. Unfortunately, it's not, but we will see some of these spoofs coming up later this season, starting with Reboot. Now, since I'm no longer recording miles in advance, as I had been, I'd actually recorded everything up to and including the podcast about Humbug before the first one of these podcasts was even released, now that it's a shorter cycle, I am... Opening up the floor for listener feedback, I've always been asking for it, this time I'm opening it up to be read on the air. So we've had some good emails from a number of individuals so far, including one I will just address him by his first name, Rod, said a lot of very detailed lengthy emails. There were some very good conversations we had, but those were before I announced that emails could be read on the air. I don't know if that's something Rod intended, so I'm not going to read any of the emails that I'd received to date. Although any emails we receive at bureau42podcasts at gmail.com may be read on the air for any future episodes. So join us next week as we kick off season three with The Blessing Way and see part two out of three in the two part season premiere there. In the meantime, feel free to rate the show on iTunes and on Stitcher. And thank you for listening. Intro and outro music is Outside Poolside by Laswell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content copyright 2015, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments or feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for listening.